Hello, Roy here. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to The Roy Green Show ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Premier Kenny, thank you very much for taking the time. You've got a lot going on. You yeah, sure do. Good to be here, Rob. Yeah, good to have you with us. So the global news story begins. A third-party review commissioned by the Alberta government to look into its initial response to the COVID-19 pandemic has come up with five recommendations for the province to consider as it continues to navigate the unprecedented public health crisis. Report posted yesterday on the government website. So uh, no, no surprise, the, uh, your, your opposition, the NDP, says that you haven't done what you're supposed to be doing. Premier, what's the takeaway from this particular report for your government, for you? I don't think there's any uh, really shocking or surprising conclusions or recommendations. It's uh, an emphasis on the need to work closely with uh, uh, municipalities and uh, local community groups. We've, we've actually been doing that. Uh, let me say, well, I think Alberta's, uh, Albertans have really risen to the challenge of the COVID crisis. Uh, at this stage, we have a per capita fatality rate, rate from COVID that is 27% lower than Canada's, uh, substantially lower than the other large provinces, and which is like 45% lower than the per capita death rate in the U.S., and about 30, 35% lower than the European unions. And yet, according to uh, Oxford University's uh, Blavatnik Center. We have done that with less damaging public health restrictions, less stringent than the other nine Canadian provinces, less stringent than 41 of the 50 United States last year, and less stringent than almost all of the European countries. So uh, no jurisdiction has had a perfect response, obviously. We've all been uh, trying to navigate through the crisis. But I would say that a jurisdiction with a substantially lower than average death rate but also less damaging restrictions, has done a pretty good job, and I give all credit to Albertans for their care and uh, in the past uh, 18 So when you hear criticism, and you've heard it from politicians, both in Edmonton and in Calgary, and some in the medical profession, that you did the wrong thing by removing restrictions 16th of August. If you test positive for COVID, you don't have to quarantine any longer. It's recommended, but it's not required. When you hear the the, the complaints and the complaints directed toward your medical officer of, of health, Dr. Hinshaw, what do you say? Well, I say that uh, we, we've been told all along that we should follow the scientific advice of our public health experts. It's exactly what we are doing. Our government has accepted without modification the recommendations of our chief medical officer, the brilliant uh, doctor. Okay, it's possible that we've lost uh, Premier Kenny. Are you there, Premier? Don't you just love technology, Premier? Sorry about that, right? I'm not sure what happened. Please continue. You were talking about the... Sure. Uh, the uh, yeah, I was just saying that, that Roy, we've always been told to follow the advice of our uh, scientific experts is exactly what we've done. Dr. Hinshaw recommended this approach. He's our chief medical officer for health, and, and uh, it's based on the protection of vaccines. Uh, we're headed towards at least uh, 75% of our eligible Albertans being fully vaccinated, and 95% of the people contracting the disease and who are in hospital have not been fully vaccinated. But the most important thing is 
90% of people over the age of 65 um, are fully vaccinated. Those are the folks by far most likely to have severe outcomes from the disease. So we've looked closely at the international experience and, uh, and the, uh, our own experience here. And as Dr. Hinshaw says, we have to recognize, we have to learn to live safely with COVID. We have to acknowledge it is not the only uh, health challenge or public health challenge. We have to deal with a whole lot of other issues to keep people safe. And uh, that's the basis of the advice that she gave and that we accepted. I I would ask these critics to show some deference uh, to the expert scientific data-driven advice uh, of our chief medical officer. Well, you know, sometimes experts show deference only to their own points of view. True. Uh, Not to be forgotten. No, in this case, it looks to me like there are some people who only want to follow expert advice when it accords with their own opinion. Yeah. This government has, you know, as I just told you, I think Alberta's had a good, not a perfect, but a good record with a lower death rate and less damaging restrictions. Uh, quite frankly, I'm not sure, sure um, how we could have done much better than that context. Global News reporting the federal government says the proposed Grassy Mountain Coal Project in southwestern Alberta cannot proceed. Environment and Climate Change Minister Jonathan Wilkinson has said the decision was based on information, including the findings of a joint review panel report. He said the project would likely have caused harm to surface water quality, to species including the threatened West Slope cutthroat trout and endangered white bark pine trees and to the physical and cultural heritage of First Nations. Premier, what do you say to that? Well, the First Nations disagree, uh, and this I, I'm surprised the federal liberals would be so uh, dismissive of Indigenous concerns. The local First Nation, uh, whose historic lands is in this area, is called the Pekani, people of the Blackfoot Nation, and uh, that nation strongly supports this project as an opportunity for uh, environmentally responsible economic development, as does uh, uh, the Stony Nakoda. And uh, this is actually, just to clarify, this is about simply uh, reopening a mine that has operated safely in the past uh, for metallurgical coal. There are multiple metallurgical coal mines in Canada uh, that operate safely. So, um, uh, you know, we obviously respect the position of, or the, the, the analysis done, by uh, independent regulators, but we, we, we are also going to respect the judicial proceedings where the Pecani and the Stonies are challenging the federal government trying to shut this down. They are saying that the, the Crown's duty to consult First Nations does not just to a- apply to First Nations who oppose resource development, it also applies to First Nations who support uh, resource development and their economic rights to move people from poverty to prosperity. So we're going to be uh, deferential to the interests of those First Nations. So this is over. No, I don't think it is. Now the courts will, will weigh in on that. And there was a very recently an interesting case where the same federal liberal minister has tried to stop the expansion, or rather a, a new project, a new mine in northern Alberta. Uh, and the uh, one of the local First Nations uh, challenged this, the lack of consultation, they have many people employed at, employed at that mine. And the court has said the feds were wrong to do this without consultation. I really like seeing the shoe being put on the other foot now as uh, increasingly courts are recognizing that First, First Nations have every right to pursue responsible economic development, and they need to be listened to in terms of those economic interests. You received a complaint letter, from what I hear, from the Federal Minister of Health, Patty Haidu. 
and you responded to the to the Federal Minister of Health, and, and you said you will not be lectured by a minister who, quote, with her boss appears hell-bent on a federal election. Expand, please, Premier. Well, uh, this is the same federal health minister, Patty Hadju, who uh, lectured us, lectured Canadians, about why we should keep borders open from COVID hotspots like Wuhan at the very beginning of the pandemic, implying that it would be uh, racist to suspend border uh, travel from COVID hotspots. Uh, that decision was in part responsible for the virus coming to Canada. If you don't believe me, just look at what countries like Japan, South Korea, Taiwan, and Singapore did. They immediately seized, sealed their borders from COVID hotspots in January, February of last year, and have been hugely successful at preventing viral spread with that while avoiding painful restrictions. This is the same federal liberal minister who also argued against mask use, who denied there was a pandemic because uh, she was listening uncritically to the World Health Organization, uh, as it seemed to be covering up, uh, in a sense, for the, the uh, conduct of the Chinese government. So we won't be lectured to by her, especially when she and her boss, Justin Trudeau, apparently are hell-bent on a federal election. Um, if they're really all that concerned about COVID and viral spread, then why would they be, create, be prepared to launch a federal election that will, have, uh, that will just increase social interaction? It's total hypocrisy, uh, and it's, it's just obviously a political deflection on their part. The majority of Canadians are saying it's not time for an election, but the best guess is, and I, I want to ask you whether you subscribe to this, the best guess is we'll be hearing from Justin Trudeau in a matter of days with an election date, Yes. It, it appears that way. It's certainly the uh, the, the expectation. I, I I can't understand why, when this is a government that has fixed election date legislation for, I think, uh, two years from now, there's not been a non-confidence vote in Parliament, uh, and apparently they're concerned about uh, COVID-19. So he'll have to answer those questions if he calls it. Premier, when you uh, hear from, and I, there's a lot to cover here, and we only have minutes, what, when you hear from... Um, physicians, people, um, doctors in, in the Edmonton area, I believe, particularly, have suggested that you return to the restrictions that you not do on August 16th what you've said you will do, which the minister or this, the medical officer of health, Dr. Hinshaw, suggested would be appropriate for Alberta. When you hear that you shouldn't do this and you hear it from doctors, what do you say to those doctors? Well, that my... Uh the government's advice comes from a doctor uh, who, with, who is an expert in public health, whose job it is to assess the data and provide advice on how to um, how to best address all of the health concerns we're facing. And that's what we've done in, in accepting without reservation and without modification the advice of our chief medical officer. Uh, and I would ask those, uh, you know, the same physicians have been asking for the same group that you're referring to have basically been advocating for pretty much hard lockdowns consistently over the past 18 months. They're part of the zero COVID crowd. Um, we, we believe that chasing after zero COVID uh, is a pointless exercise, just like what's happened in Australia. Every time the virus comes back, they go into a hard lockdown. They brought in the military to maintain curfews to keep people in their homes. Yeah. I don't think Canadians would accept that. The price of that would be uh, completely unacceptable in terms of 
the, the social, mental, and mental All health right. of people in our society. I'm going to be speaking with Dr. Jay Bhattacharya from Stanford University about that in the next hour. Premier Kenny, when it comes to uh, Ottawa with the now-announced $6 billion daycare deal with Quebec, no, there's no election coming up, uh, $6 billion daycare deal with Quebec, and you said, and they're using transfer payments, you said that's the same deal the federal government uh, rejected for Alberta. So they are hopefully, I guess they're hopeful of significant uh, seat gain in the province of Quebec and, and not feeling there's much of that to be expected in Alberta. Yes? Exactly. And, uh, well, I think that's what is happening here. Um, we asked for full flexibility, a Quebec-style agreement that would recognize our jurisdiction in this area. And the feds uh, basically told us to go fly a kite. Then they signed exactly the same deal with the province of Quebec. Our question for Justin Trudeau is, why are Quebec parents and kids more important to his government than Alberta parents and kids? Uh, it, it is a classic example of this being a two-tier federation under the Liberals, uh, of, of, uh, of Alberta being treated like a second-class province. And the irony is that the transfers going in to um, the Quebec child care program come in part from Alberta taxpayers. We contribute $20 billion net a year through our federal taxes. Quebec is getting $13 billion a year in equalization payments that already allows it to have more generous child care subsidies so this is adding insult to injury. Okay. When it comes to uh, equalization payments, you're going to have a referendum on the 18th of October on that issue. Many are saying, well, it doesn't really carry any weight. Well, that be that as it may, it'll be an expression of opinion. And uh, we had a former prime minister, Mr. Chrétien, who in 1995 said with the Quebec referendum, the 50% plus one wins the day. So, and he didn't have the constitutional power to do that. Tell us uh, briefly uh, again about the, the referendum in October. Sure. And subject to that uh, 95 referendum, the Christian government asked the Supreme Court, what, what are the implications of a constitutional referendum held by a province? Yeah. And the judges said in the Quebec secession reference, if a province holds a referendum on a constitutional amendment with a clear question and a clear majority in favor, the feds then have to negotiate that amendment in good faith with the province. So we are going to be demanding that uh, that, that precedent, that, that law apply. Mm-hmm. Uh, to open negotiations on equalization. We're not against equalization. We just want a fair deal. And at the very least, this referendum is an opportunity for Albertans to speak loudly in favor of a fair deal uh, to elevate our demands for fairness to the top of the okay. national agenda in the same way that Quebecers have done so successfully for the last 40 years. If you want to hear more, subscribe to The Roy Green Show on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, or wherever you find your favorites. And if you like what you hear, leave us a review and tell a friend. I'm Roy Green. Have a great weekend.